for some time now are things that you were not taught because you were taught something else. And as a result of that, teachings that you had in the past, it has shaped the way you relate to people and the way you do the things. But this is the right way according to the word of the Lord. Not according to our feelings, but according to what God is saying. Hallelujah. I'm teaching on understanding love. Understanding love. You know, sometimes we get to a place, or even when we see younger people, alright, people who are young, let's say 30, 20 something, 40, they feel they, they have time, they, they overestimate the time they have left. Most young people run the danger of life of overestimating the time they have left. And because they overestimate the time they have left, what they do usually is that they don't listen to people. They they want to make the mistakes they want to make. They think they have more time to mess around. They think they have more time to make mistakes. To allow me, let me live my life. You understand? My mother poor life. So when you even advise them, they don't know what to take their, their advice. Anytime you get to a stage in your life where you listen to no one, or when your mentor advises you, disciplines you, rebukes you, or even corrects you, you pick offense in that name. It is a sign that you have walked or you have grown out of love. For in the end time, maybe love will grow cold. So, the moment you are being disciplined, the moment you are being advised, criticized, and you pick offense in it, it is a sign that you have walked out of love. Or you have grown out of love. You are going to a place where no one can tell you whatever you should do. No one can talk to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's read the book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. One of God. Proverbs 13, verse 24. He hates me. He is jealous of what I have. And that's how that every time 
is the same thing. Every time when I do something, he or she has something to say about it. Every time they say, I'm not done this thing well. Every time they say, I'm not done this thing well. But the Lord is saying, contrary to what the world has told us, the word of God is saying, he who spares the rod of discipline actually hates the son. So if you are doing something and I don't talk about it, it's a sign that I don't love you. It is different from turning a blind eye or not keeping records of people's sins. Please, I'll come there. When you do something which is not right and I see you doing or going down that path which is not right and I keep quiet about it, it's a sign I do not love you. But when I call you and I speak to you about the path you are taking, it's a sign that I love you. So we must be grateful for the fact that at least we have one person or people in our lives who see that we are doing something and we are going somewhere which is not good and they correct us. Those people are not people we are supposed to hate. They are people we are supposed to love. If you have someone in your life who is able to discipline you and tell you when you have gone wrong, you must love such a person. If I decide not to rebuke you, if anyone, your parents decide not to rebuke you, it's a sign they hate you. The rod of discipline is not a sign that you are being jealous or you are being hated. It's rather a sign that you are being loved. If you have a king who is going to put their hands in fire, why are you stopping them from putting their hands in fire? It's because you don't want them to get hurt. But they do not know that. They do not know that. Now, when we are in this thing in our classrooms, when we are in primary school, grade one, grade two, and all that, when we do not do well in our exams, what do our teachers do? They kill us. They kill us. And sometimes you see the teacher, even the person has even gotten the first position in class. But because even though the person has the first position in class, the grade that person used for first position, the teacher is not impressed about it. And though everyone is being grade one, one, two, two. The one who even had the first position is King 3. And the first position person go like, what? Like, I took the class. Why you came in more than some people who even were behind me? But it's not as a result that the teacher hates that student. It is because the teacher loves that student more. Are you here? So if anytime you have, you come into contact with people who are always correcting you, it's a sign they love you more. So they cannot see to make the least mistake. Anytime you make any least they want to talk to you because they cannot afford to make you go wayward. Are you here at all? But your character can make people keep quiet even though they know that when you are going is wrong. Your teacher doesn't keep you in class because he wants to hurt you, because he wants to destroy you. He keeps you in class because he wants you to do it better the next time that he will not keep you again. The rod of discipline is not for destruction. The rod of discipline is for correction. So if we put you on suspension because you did something wrong, you went contrary to the rules and regulations of the ministry of an organization, it is because you are not. When you are disciplined, it is because you are not. So you don't you don't you don't tread that same path. Now, yes, we talked the other day that love keeps no record of sin. And we must learn how to turn a blind eye to the wrongs of people. Yes, as much as we are turning a 
the rocks for people. We cannot turn our blind eyes to everything that people do to us. There are things that we can equally speak about of necessity. We don't have to talk about everything that people do. We have to keep up a blind eye to what people do. But when things are of necessity, then we speak about them. But even in speaking about them, we must speak out of love. When we are correcting people and we are speaking to them because no one can a blind eye to their wrongs and when you even correct them, they do it again, they do it again. We must find a way to correct them out of love, not out of anger. The moment you begin to correct someone out of anger, you are leading the person to destruction. But when you correct someone out of love, you are leading the person to and, and feeling what is within the person to become much more better. Are we here? Are we here? You can as well discipline a person much more with your action than even your words. You can correct someone with your work, with your actions, much more than your words. Or there are a lot of things that many of you have not taken a blind eye to in the life of people. People you relate with, you don't want to take a blind eye to whatever they have done. And you want to speak about it. You've been speaking about this thing and nothing is changing. So what makes you think that you must adopt that same method? If you are talking about the issue, nothing is changing about it. You spoken about the issue for about one year, two years now. And the kind of character and attitude the person is portraying is the same thing. And you think when you keep talking to the person, that doesn't change by keep talking, definitely not. Scripture says, he that knoweth good and has not do it is a fool. It's only a fool who does the same thing expects the different results. If you try talking separate, it's not working. Why don't you get a different approach? You can keep quiet, turn your blind eye. You can as well teach the person through your actions. And that one even works much more better than your words. Teaching people through your actions works much more better. Ask the apprentice and the masters, they will tell you. They will tell you. They will tell you, even when it goes to the laundry shop, when someone is learning how to work, they see what the master do. Even when it comes to designing, they see what the master do. Before they sit down and then they are being corrected in words. Because if they don't see what you are doing, what you are saying, they might not have the same picture in mind with you. It is very important that when we are correcting people, we make sure that we ourselves, our actions are aligned to the correction that we are giving to people. So before I take out any log out of your eyes, I must make sure that the log in my mind is being taken out. That's what people learn from that easily than words. Because if I stand here telling you to love the neighbor, do this, and I don't exhibit that me, the message will the 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 gravity to which you receive the message will be reduced because me myself, I am not practicing what I'm preaching. But when you see me walk the do, then or what we talk, then you will learn how to also go that way because you know it is possible. Are we okay? Never interpret the expression of love through discipline as hatred. When I express my love towards you by disciplining you, by correcting you, by criticizing you, do not interpret it as hatred. Do not interpret it as I'm jealous of you. Come on. Come on. Not only the people in your life, even your members. 
your, your colleagues at work, when you are being criticized, it's not because you are being hated. It's actually because you are being loved. And I will go there. The book of Proverbs 22 15. Proverbs 22 15. Alright. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. But the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Foolishness is in the heart of the child. But the rod of discipline will take it out of him. Foolishness is in everyone, including us here. Is in everyone until the rod of discipline takes preeminence over our hearts. The rod of discipline is the word of God. The rod of discipline for a Christian, for a parent, should be the word of God. It is our rod of discipline. We can as well use a king as a rod of discipline. You can use suspension as a rod of discipline. You can use punishment as a rod of discipline. However, it should not only end there. The rod of discipline also comes in the form of advice. I can discipline you also by advising you. It also comes in the form of rebuke. It comes in the form of criticizing. It comes in the form of correction. The rod of discipline comes in so many ways. But in all these ways that it comes with, it must be done in the context of the word of God. Anytime you are going to discipline anyone, you must do it in context of the word of God. So that it will lead the best one to correction and not onto destruction. Because if you do discipline people outside the word of God, what happens is that you are leading them into destruction. You begin to make them undermine themselves rather than begin to see their self-worth. Because anytime I speak to you, I make you see your self-worth. Like, come on, you can do more than you're doing right now. You can do better. This one will not make you good. This one will make you good, I tell you. But someone who is not advising, who is not disciplined, who is not correcting, or criticizing in the way of the Lord, you know how they do it. We see some of these young people criticizing leadership. It's not wrong to criticize. But the manner you criticize makes us know that you are not doing it in the context of the word of God. Therefore, it's not that in love. We must criticize in love. In love. And I will teach you that. Because a lot of you see things in church. See things that like, see things even among your, your siblings, your couples, and all that. But you don't know how to talk about it. And what you want to talk about is to break a solution where it destroys everything. You see something, you want to listen to let's talk about it. And once you discuss instead of it breaking a solution, it has been spoiled the whole matter. Are we okay? If you read the book of Luke chapter 3, the very text in my words, Bible says that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. And he was not only crucified alone, but he was crucified with other thieves on the cross. And Bible said there were soldiers who were chastising Jesus. They were criticizing Jesus, speaking ill of him, including the thieves on the cross. They said, Are you not the one who said you are going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days? Why are you not on the cross? Are you the same person who says you are the savior of the world? Can you not save yourself on the cross? 
that I am a father and what what is your father now? And they were criticizing God, they were criticizing Jesus on the cross. But you know what? Jesus never replied to any of them. He kept quiet. They kept doing it. He wasn't dead by then. He walked on the cross still. But he wasn't minded. He wasn't responding to them. He turned a blind eye to what they were doing. He kept quiet. But there was a time when he responded. And now wait. The thief on the cross would eat. <laughs> Save yourself and save me. That's what the thief said. But the other one said, Father, I should go in glory. Go with me. And Jesus answered him and said, Assuredly, I tell you that as I go to paradise, you shall be with me in paradise. Okay. Everyone were criticizing. They were talking about him. He never responded. But when the other person criticized him as the Son of God and said, Where you go, I will go, I want to go with you. He answered. He didn't end there. So see where Jesus Christ responded. He did not respond at an evil criticism. He responded to the other one. Are you here? And when he responded, he did not respond with the hatred and the pain of the other people who criticized him. No. He responded in love. He didn't end there. And then they pierced his side. And then he asked for water and they gave him vinegar. These same people were criticizing him. And you know what he said? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They were criticizing him, saying evil things about him. He could have just commanded for them to die. He could have just turned his hand anyhow, and the, the whole end is gone. But he did not do so. He criticized, he responded in love. He responded in love. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Because the Father killed them too. <laughs> Father, let the person come upon them. But he, he, he responded in love. The moment that Jesus decided to open up his mouth and respond to his critics, respond to his critics, he responded in love. And that is why, as much as you are turning a blind eye to the lifestyle of people, a blind eye to the wrongs that people do against you, you must mention sure the moment you want to talk, you must talk in love. When you respond, you must respond in love. If you know you are going to respond in anger, do not talk. When you know your emotions are high and responding is going to make you respond in a negative way, make sure you do not talk. Keep quiet. You know that what this person has said and done in your head, if you should call right now, something else will happen. The best, keep quiet. Behave like you're not even heard. That's what Jesus Christ did. And we're supposed to imitate him. We are supposed to be quiet. These are the things that will better the lives of the people and stop a lot of their prayer, prayer requests that are unnecessary. Yet, you will not see them present. But when it is time for the prophet, let's keep someone, you will see them. And yet, this teaching is going to pull out a lot of their problems away. And they don't know that. Because they, they are so founded, they think they already understand what love is. Say love the air, love the air, love the window. We've heard a lot of love messages. Boy, are you sure you heard the right things? Are you sure the things I have been teaching you from this month, you'll be hearing them? <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
hear somebody. So we must respond to criticism in the way of Jesus Christ. We must respond like Jesus Christ responded. We must not respond when our emotions are high. Let's even watch how we talk when we are too happy. When emotions are high, we are too happy here. Watch what you say. Because sometimes what you are saying, you might end up saying something you are not supposed to say, which will trigger some emotions. But you said it because you are too happy. And yet the other person will make offense in it. So when you are too happy, also watch how you talk. Not only when you are hungry. You can be too happy that you see the things you are not supposed to say. You make certain all chances you are not supposed to make. Then because you are too happy, you, you are in the mood. The, the euphoria of the atmosphere will make you feel like, oh, I can be comfortable here and do whatever I want to do. Please, be careful where you are comfortable at. You, are, you, you will mostly find yourself stepping on people's toes. So let's turn like Jesus Christ. Let's know when we respond. When people go wrong, let's know when to talk. It's not everything that demands our speech. It may demand our attention, but does not mean that our words must follow our attention? We can be attentive to the wrongs that people have done to us, and we can decide to keep guilt on it. Hallelujah. You know what the media do? When people begin to speak ill about men of God and all that, they go to the men of God when we interview. So what do you say? This person says about you, and they want the man of God to reply to that person. Say something about it. And then it begins to create chaos between two men of God. The musicians also this is the same thing. And they will say beef, beef, and they are fighting. But when the when the journalists or the people who were interviewing were saying that I, I didn't get anything like that, so I don't respond to it. Even if you said it, he said this one is the opinion. I don't think I have thought about it. You just move on to the next thing. Is it is this why I came here for interview? This is the interview I came for. Oh of God, you are being interviewed and you are being told of how someone has spoken spoken ill of you. And now you now the message we carry is the message of Jesus Christ, his gospel. And now because of what an interviewer has told you. You change the message. You begin to understand of God is fake is this boy. Let's not be found in those aspects. Now, criticism is like two ways. You can be criticized by someone who loves you, and you can be criticized by someone who dislikes or hates you. When someone who loves you is criticizing you, what they do is that they find faults to make you better. Those who love you find faults in you to make you better. So they see that you are not doing this thing right. And they find faults that this fault is not good. Yet they tell you that this is the way to go. This is how well to do it. It is best explained with the master and apprentice. I wish we have had two uh, sewing machines here. And we have two apprentices and two masters. And then we will see it. One master will have the shouting on the other. Do it like this, do it. And the other person will go, okay, you do it well like this, please do it like this. They don't always say, good for nothing. This one, this one, I don't want to even teach you again. And they don't always say, don't worry, 
It will get better. You don't go here or here. You do it like this, this way. That's like this the next time. And we will see who will learn it any first and who will get better first. The one who does not like you, when they are finding fault, they are finding fault to tarnish your image. They are finding fault to destroy you. People who don't like you, who hate you, when they are finding fault, they find fault to destroy you. But the people who like you or who love you, when they find fault, they find fault because they want to make you better. And we must be very discerning of people, of who is criticizing me, what is being said in their criticism, and how is being said. Listen, who is criticizing? What is being said? How is it being conveyed? At three key ways you will know if this criticism is from a loved one or from a hater. Let's even use uh, this guy criticizing from the US, criticizing the president of Ghana and all that. You know, he's criticizing the president for not doing something right. And then he's beginning to show the president that this country has done it. Why can't we do it? He's showing a clear solution. But in the mood of conveying that specific or that message is destroying the whole matter. You can equally make your information heard without insults. Like us, especially God. The ones who win, the arguments are not people who are intellectually sound or they are speaking sense. The people who win arguments are people who shout. If you have an argument with anyone right now, and if you are the loudest, you are more than arguments. You might be speaking sense the other person. And because this person is louder, yes, she has won. Why is it so? Because we don't understand the value of criticism. We have been told that criticism is art. Criticism is not art. Depending on who is saying, what is said, and how is being said. There are many other times where people think that they are criticized out of and yet they don't and they were criticized out of jealousy. Someone who dislikes you, when they are criticizing you, they could not give you a clear or concrete solution to your problem. Please listen. Anyone who criticizes you, who loves you, will give you a solution to what they have criticized you about. But if someone doesn't like you, when they criticize you, they will not give you a solution. They want to talk about a problem, and you see them on social media a lot. They like criticizing people without giving the solution. And those are people just to tell you they are just there to punish your image. There's that scripture, the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, then two. We must criticize them now. Even church members. You see someone's shoe, you see someone's dress, how dare you criticize? You see someone somewhere, how dare you criticize? Proverbs 25. Yes, yes, please. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. Yeah. But the glory of kings is to set out a thing. It is the glory of God to conceal or to cover a matter. But it is honorable to kings to set out those matters. But first, he said, it is the glory of God 
conceal. Anyone who loves you will conceal your thoughts, will cover your sins. Please, open up your mouth. Anyone who loves you, they cover your thoughts, they cover your sins. And they cover your sins to protect your image. They cover your sins to protect your glory. You know, scripture says that we should cover our hair when we come to the Lord. And the woman must cover her hair, the woman must have long hair. As the glory of the man is a sign of protecting the glory of the man. When you are covering people's faults, you are protecting their glory. So, in other words, when you are un- when you are unveiling the faults of people, you are what? Tarnishing or destroying their glory. You are tarnishing their image. When, as a Christian, you do not learn how to cover people's sins. You don't learn how to keep quiet on matters when you see them. What you're actually doing is that you're working it out. So I see Pastor Paul's shoe. Perhaps it's not well. Perhaps somewhere has gone. And I go and call Mr. Biden. Like Pastor Christ, I can tell you how much my Every day is wearing this one. You are tarnishing his image. You could have covered it. If you don't have money to buy him some, why not just be quiet? Let me just the different example of this. As you, we have heard Party A has done something. And Minister Angela and I are discussing it. We are not discussing it to find solutions to help them. We are discussing it because we are gossiping. We want to talk. Now, let's assume this issue has to do with the pastor. And then I begin to go to Mr. Angela to talk to Mr. Angela about the pastor. What one of the pastors have done, which is not right. What happens is that I'm beginning to, you don't know the issue. So if this pastor lays hands upon you, you receive it. You fall down and not. But when I tell you that, okay, they have done ABC. Which is not right. The moment you begin to see them, the way you used to see them will have changed. And if they touch you in your mind, you are saying whatever it is that you are. I told you. Are you here? In that aspect, I have not walked in love. I have not walked in love. Because Mr. what is Mr. Angela going to do with that information? Is he going to help her in any form? Are we for any solution to the problem? Or is she the right person to even talk to about that issue? Because I would have destroyed the image of my pastor in front of her, and then she would not be receptive to the anointing of that pastor. That is not working in love. The moment you begin to gossip and you begin to talk to someone about someone else without finding a solution for the issue of the person and making the person aware, no, you are not working. That is why anytime I have to discuss anything with a pastor about someone, I tell them, go and deliver the message. Go, do this, do it like this. I and when it's an information for us to pray, we hold hands and pray and we get testimonies from our corporate prayers for that issue. I don't give them the issue for them to go and spread outside and show the message thing. I give them the information 
to have to hold hands and pray and solve the issue. Are we okay? That is a sign of love. But the moment I begin to give me the issue, without giving solution to it or to the person, I'm going to walk in love. So many of you who are gossiping a lot, ask yourself, were you walking in love or not? You were punishing someone's image. That was that when we speak ill of others, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and then verse 32, we grieve the hearts of the Holy Spirit by speaking evil about people. By speaking ill about people, we grieve the heart of the Holy Spirit. When we are gossiping, not so that we find solution about the issue, but so the other person will know. Without even us knowing, we are tarnishing the image of the person. We have tarnished the image of the person. We have tarnished the image of the person. So, have you been walking in love in the days you have been gossiping? The days you have been gossiping, were you walking in love? Please, I'm asking you a question. All the gossiping you have been doing so far, were you walking in love? Please answer me, yes or no? Sincere, were you walking in love? If I do something and then you tell the members about it, the members are not going to be receptive of the person or the anointing of my life. In that step, have you walked in love? No. Why not conceal the matter, cover the matter? I see. Concealing the matter because of love doesn't negate the place of discipline. The people who love you, they conceal your sins, they conceal your faults. However, as much as they conceal your faults from the public, they discipline you in private. Are we okay? So I will cover your sins from the public, but when we go close doors, I will give it to you. You understand? But I will come and give it to you in front of the people. In front of the members, in front of the church people. I will give it to you in private. Whilst I have covered your sins in public. So the public will not know what you have done. I have protected your image. I have protected your glory by walking in love. I have protected your image, your glory. But as much as I am covering your sins, I will not forget the place of discipline. I will still discipline you privately and make sure that this doesn't go on again. And therefore, we move to the place where people call pastors or other people in church who have done something and then they bring them behind before the pulpit and say, This person has done this and from today they are not pastors again, they are not That's not the way of the church. That is not the way of, of, of discipline for the church. God says he finds glory, he finds pleasure in concealing matters. We must learn how to cover ourselves. Cover. Just someone cover me. Cover me. Cover me. We walk out of church and you see something like someone. Come on. Come on. There's no one discussing someone else. Someone has gone somewhere to work with something. Now, the next day, the person has to church. You saw the person there. So you are telling me, and I'll do what? I'll hate the person. I'll say the person is a hypocrite. Why don't you cover me? After you cover me, speak to me. 
Oh, you saw me here, you saw me do this and this. It wasn't right. He felt like, oh, you should talk to me about it. He felt like, okay, next time I could have done it this way, and it would be much more better. But telling another person about it, who's not going to find solution to the problem? If this train is not done, you are spreading evil information about the person, and the person keeps destroying. My image is being destroyed with people. I'm talking about me, I'm talking about you, members, even with your parents, even with spouse. You see, let me give you one wisdom. Anytime those of you are dating, who are not engaged, who are married, and you are not siblings, when you are supposed to go to someone who is neutral to handle your issues for you, to talk, if you are having issues and you want, okay, a neutral person to hear the issue and give you a solution, please. When you go, don't want to steal everything. I'll give you wisdom. When you go to the mama, when you go to the family, you go to the elders, where it is, please don't steal everything. No matter how you trust the man of God, don't steal everything about your wife. Don't steal everything about your husband. Are you okay? Don't steal everything about your brother. Don't steal everything. Let how to cover your wife, your husband. Certain that issue. I know you might say, so if you cover that issue, how they can not cost of the issue? That's where Bible says that it is the glory of kings, or kings are becoming unravel in searching out matters. So after you have sealed it, if it of necessity, God will allow the man of God to unveil it and solve that issue. Then he becomes unravel, you will know that he's the man of God. It's not every time you come to me and come and tell me everything. Sometimes you come to me and say, Father, pray for, Father, pray for me about this. And once I'm praying, I'm saying something else that even what you came to me to pray for. I just want to listen. Okay. A new person came to church and she only came to see because, okay, new, first time just come to see me. She said, One God, you pray for me. And I'm going for interview tomorrow. I'm going for interview tomorrow. Please pray for me. <laughs> Wow! I thought the house, I said, thank you, Jesus. You got to pray. I didn't even pray about a job now. <laughs> I began praying about other things. Guess what? I said, you go. I didn't prophesy. I only prayed about the things I saw upon her life. And just go. You know what she said? What she said? She told the person who invited her for service that I said, God will want to move back down. I didn't go home back on this one account. The one of God has seen the thing, I just want to say it. So she knew I have seen it. But I didn't have to sit down for a talk about it. I just dealt with it. She knew. She knew that thing. She didn't tell me. But she knows I know. So now she's believing. I'm becoming an unborn in her sight. That is it. Learn how to. Your neighbor, cover your sister, cover your brother, cover your friend, cover your father, cover your mother, cover your siblings, cover your church members, cover your pastor. As such, it is our week of cover me that's correct. Just someone cover me, just someone cover me that's correct. That's our week. It's our week of covering. Cover me that's correct. Don't go to cover me without correcting me, without even covering me. 
You, you want cover me. You, you are going to go to cover me. Which one are you? Cover me. Correct me. If you want to cover me, then keep quiet. If you want to correct me, please go your way. Just keep quiet on my issue. Are we okay? Are we okay? Now, let me end with this. The other day, Jesus Christ, in the book of Matthew 16, the verse 30 to the verse 28. Bible says that Jesus Christ took the Sabbath and he made the disciples gathered data from the general public. He asked them that who do men say that I am? He kind Jesus was gathering criticism from the public. He wanted to know what the public are saying about him. The public are criticizing him. He wanted to know because he was concerned about how people were criticizing him. Who do men say that I am? What do the public say that I am? They said, oh, some say you are God, some say you are some say you are this, you are that. And then he came to the closest people to him, the disciples, and he said, Who do you then say I am? Who do you then? Some of you, when begin to ask you, who do you say I am, you begin to lie to me. Yeah. Because you want to make me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you say that I am? And then all the disciples were getting strong because they were speaking out of the flesh. But Peter, speaking out of the spirit of God, said, You are the Son of the Living God. Now, get this. The other people who are of the public and even the disciples who were led by their flesh to criticize, they were criticizing something else. They were saying something which wasn't necessarily true. Anytime people who do not like occurrences, he said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. So, the flesh has an ability to criticize. The spirit of God within you has an ability to criticize. Are you here? The flesh criticizes to undermine who you are. But the spirit of God within you criticizes you to unveil the you in you. And therefore, David said, I will examine myself in the Lord. David continually appraises himself in the Lord. He does self-examination for him to be unveiled. But when the flesh is criticizing, the flesh criticizes to undermine you. Why? When the general public were criticizing Jesus, some say you are Elijah, some say you are this, you are that. Jesus is bigger than Elijah. He's bigger than John the Baptist. So they were undermining who he was or who he is. Anytime the flesh is criticized, people who don't like you are criticizing you. They criticize to undermine you. And you have to know that it's not that out of love. Sometimes you must ensure, even this week, find a way to have an anonymous survey about what people think about you. What people think about your business? What they think about how you dress? What they think about how you walk? How you talk? How they think about your character? Take the, the, there are links going around where you can have this anonymous survey. Right? Tell me something. They don't put a status. See, you see, those kind of places they be doing. They don't use it for writing. They say, oh, this person, I think I know you. Just please shut Okay. And you will be to tell them something. But use that same video or that same link this week. Find out how what 
be helping me that solve issues. And talk to me. What have you seen about me that you think is not right? Have those anonymous survey this week. But please, when you are reading the data that people have written, when you are collecting the data, make sure that you are reading it in love. Read those information in love. You are not taking the data to pick up fight with people. And what is this is how you think about me. And it's all about this thing about me. No. Pick the data out of love to make yourself better. You are examining yourself. Sometimes when you look at yourself in your own mirror, you will not be true to yourself. You will not be true to yourself. And when somebody is looking at you, they will tell you the truth only by the Spirit. I'll be okay. At least when you have about five people, three people saying the same thing, it's something you should work on. Check it. Don't get angry. Don't get angry at yourself. Please find a way to do it this week. Take something. Don't do something like this was someone said. So, no, 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 no. Take something about yourself this week. What do people think about you? How do they see you? Character wise, ministry wise, anything. Even your business, ask them questions. What do they think? Take a sample. Jesus did it. Jesus, Jesus in his time, he didn't have the link to his status. You understand? But he still did it. And if he did it, and he was concerned about what people think about him, we must do it. But please make sure that when you are taking a survey of what people think about you, make sure you know who you are. Before Jesus Christ was asking the people, who do you think I am, or who do men say that I am? He knew who he was. So when they were getting it wrong, and one person had it right, he was able to point it out at you. You got it right because it's who I am. Know who you are before you go for the survey. This same thing you must do in love will put you down. Please, again, read it in love because you will be shocked at what people will tell you. And you ask yourself, so all along, this is what you think about me, and you will tell it to my face. It is part of your character, that's why you will tell it to your face. Yes, it is part of it. Most of them will not tell it to your face. Me, I will tell you. I'm good at it. Yeah. Not because I'm not afraid of you, but because I love you. I have to find every way that means, even if I'm shy, find a way to say it. Yeah. It's very important. Take up this survey. Don't go through this week without doing the survey. You think, oh, it's not a good start. Next time you will come here, see people are cheap, they are becoming better, and you just feel the same. Take me as I am, or leave me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get better in love. Let's criticize ourselves in love. Let's appraise ourselves in love. Are we okay? Take out the sabi. Take out the sabi. There are things I take sabi myself. I do it myself personally. One time I did some, when I was doing my first degree on campus, I was asking some of the leaders. They were lying to me. I knew they were lying. But I just left them. There are things where I even pick a sound for the pastors. Even on their own personal life, ask them. I criticize them. 
make them bad, not to make them see what they are right now. Today they are happy. But they would tell you at first when I was doing it, it was, I was too harsh. And it felt like I didn't really like that person. But okay, they are now understanding it. Not everyone understands that criticism is done out of love. Discipline is done out of love. Think one person left the ministry the other day. The person was sent a suspension letter. And the person said, the person went around telling people that I do not like him. I don't like him, so I'll give him suspension. Little did he know that the suspension or the discipline was given out of love to make him better. And not everyone understands this. But when you are being disciplined, you are disciplined out of love, not out of hatred. Are we okay? Are we okay? When your child is doing something wrong, do you discipline the child because you don't like the child? You want the person to be better. If your own parents even came to you so many times, and sometimes the way your parents can even eat, you will be shocked. The way your own mother can whoop you, you will be shocked at that. This is your mom. Sometimes if you, excuse my words again, if you go to the gun community, and you see how some parents are insulting their kids,